Hi, I'm Johnny Smart, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and you had have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Gordon Henderson. No Doug Perry this week. I believe he's doing his best King Canute impression and trying to hold back the waves, or hold back some water anyway. His house has seen better days. But we'll, we'll let Doug share that story when he comes back on the, the, the show next week. I'm sure he'll have a flood of stories to, to tell us. Let's just put it at that. But we've got a lot to chat about in this show. We're going to keep this one a little bit briefer. Lee's still got his cough. I've got to get this edited before I get to the airport for my flight. So we'll we'll chat about uh, another win for East Fife. We'll look at some of the comings and goings down Bayview Way this week. Have a quick look around Scottish League 2 as well and see what else we can throw in there. But before we get into any of that, let's hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Mays Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. Thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and Mays Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast. Make sure you support both of them as well in return. So, guys, another win to talk about. Second away win of the season. Obviously, we are now Road Warriors. That is the, the name that's going to be given to us. I am still thinking my my idea that we're only going to beat teams that begin with a vowel is going to be the case. We've beaten Elgin. We've beaten Albion Rovers. Watch out. And in athletics, that's, that's all I can say. But that would give us 12 wins for the season if that keeps up. So that would be... 36 points. You have to keep us safe. Yeah. Don't have to worry about relegation. Might squeak into the playoffs. I, I would doubt it at that. So mid-table looming. Now, you two were at the match yesterday. Let's start with Lee. What? How did you come away feeling from that one? I watched the highlights this morning. 
read the Daily Record match report that said Albion Rovers were dominant. And I've got to say, the highlights did show that they had the far better chances. We maybe rode our luck a little bit. Have Alan Fleming to thank for a, a number of strong saves as well. But who cares about that? It was a 1-0 win. It was a clean sheet. Three points is all that matters at the end of the day. And that's what the five came away with. Pretty much summed up for me, mate. Um, don't really think I could add much to, to that. If I was going to use one word to sum it up, I would probably have said erect. Um, I, I spoke to, to Gordon before the game. I probably would have taken a point. Um, I think had uh, not been for Alan Fleming yesterday, that could easily have been a three or four goal defeat. Um, I think that we would definitely rode our luck at times. I mean, some of the, the saves Fleming produced, at least two or three of them are world class. Not not just, you know, good saves, but world-class saves that, you know, you're, you're not expecting your keeper to make. And, you know, he, he does really, really well. You know, the sort of jokes down by us was that people think that Jude's a... Uh, Newcastle think they've seen Jude, but actually it was uh, <laughs> Alan Fleming they were after. But there were some real shining spots in the game for me. Um, Joao Baldi is going to be a top, top player. Um and I'm really excited to see what he produces. Every time he's the first player in a long time that I've seen at Bayview, when he gets the ball, you actually feel you're like, mm. like you're coming off your seat because you know you don't know what he's going to do. I mean, the amount of times that he like just beat a boy, or I mean, like I remember at one point Pat Slattery gave him an absolutely horrendous pass, and I mean the boy's tiny, and he managed to like literally lift his leg up and bring it down from behind his head. I'm <laughs> just like. This boy's going to be a player. He had a mazy run as well in the, the first half that was getting Liam excited on the commentary. I mean, hopefully he's not a guy, like you say, you don't know what he's going to do. We've had a few fast guys like that here that I'm not 100% sure that they know what they're going to do when they get the ball either. So, But he, he does look a top prospect. Gordon, I saw the score when I woke up yesterday and I thought, ah, oh, 1-0, I expected them to, to get a win. They probably just struggled to convert their chances, but at least they got the one. Then I watched the highlights back and it was the complete opposite. It's like, not not entirely a smash and grab, but close to it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have said like over the piece, Alvin Overs were dominant. I don't think it was quite that kind of one-sided, but I, I think, they were. They can feel very aggrieved not to have taken anything. I think the first half hour, particularly, I would say they were dominant. We were really struggling, and you know, you know, it was all long balls from us. We were kind of struggling to get a hold of the ball in midfield. They were creating a lot of chances. Um, if you see it on the highlights, particularly, they're getting a lot of chances down their left, our right. Dangerous balls into the box. Um, they did. I mean the. Particularly in that that spell, Fleming made a couple of great saves. I mean that that reaction one from almost point blank. Oh, the, the guy, yeah. the guy should have should have scored there. He absolutely should have. But um, Fleming pulled off a fantastic save. We started coming into it a little bit more as the half kind of ended. But I think at half time, I would have taken the point. I would have said, "I'm happy to get out here with a point." The second half, I think, was a bit more even. We definitely had spells where we looked to the better team, but Alvin Rovers still created chances. And, and I would say we, um, I'm not sure if they kind of all came up in the highlights, but I think we had some decent chances as well. Second half felt a bit kind of back and forward. 
Um, yeah, it seemed but, an entertaining second half. It was like back it was and forth and end-to-end yeah. stuff. If yeah, we, I mean, I, I think it was a good game. If we take the black and gold tinted glasses off and take a step back, if we flipped that round, we would have been fuming at losing that game yesterday. Oh, yeah. I mean, even so Cross that, said that, afterwards he felt for, for Albion Rovers to, to not yeah. get anything from that. Like, I, I, I wouldn't have said dominant, but they were the better side over the course, in my opinion. And if they'd had somebody with a bit of class up front, we would have been buried yesterday. And, yeah, I mean, the, the... Not, not taking away Fleming saves, not taking away Fleming saves because he made a few good ones. But I mean, many times, like, you know, like they just couldn't get the ball out from under their feet or... I mean, we rode our luck so many times defensively, almost like a carbon copy of Bonnie Rig. That ball coming down the right-hand side. Stuart Murdoch had one of his worst games in his five jersey yesterday. Yeah. He's I, been, he's, I put he's a note of that down. It's like the highlights seem to show they were attacking him. So they'd done their scout and they'd seen, oh, this, this is a, a weak side here. So much was coming up the, the rovers left or right. Uh, and he was he was struggling uh, a little bit out there. I, I saw an interesting post from somebody in a, one of the other chats saying that is is he fully committed? Because being a police officer, he got that injury last year, which meant his probation period had to get extended, and they won't do it again. So is he maybe playing a little bit scared, not wanting to go in full blooded in case he gets nah. injured again? No. Nah, because you see some of the tackles and stuff he's putting in. I don't think there's one thing that you could ever question about um, Short Murdoch, and it wouldn't be his integrity. It wouldn't be his desire. You know, I, I just he's just not at the races this season. He's not mm-hmm. the the Murdo that we've seen, cool, calm, collected. He just looks, I don't know, somewhere else. Does that but make the, sense? I mean, mm. to, to me, that I mean the the primary problem in the first half was that the the left winger had him for pace and he was getting we were getting caught far too often where it was uh it was a bit of a foot race on a one-on-one and he was using his pace to get past him i mean that that was happening a lot i mean he had a poor game but that to me a poor half but to me that was the big problem and if you see the second half that really wasn't happening so much so you know either either he's kind of figured out a bit more how to deal with that or we've done something you know there's been a, a bit of a tactical change to kind of stop us getting exposed like that but it wasn't happening so much second half but I think the first the, the first half the major problem was was that pace difference and it was getting caught in one-on-ones far too much and you know there's you, you kind of will yourself to be faster maybe he has lost a bit of pace uh, with that injury but um, yeah it might take a few games to, to get up because yeah. I mean the there's a big difference between being fit and able to play, but being up to actual match fitness. And sometimes it's going to take a, a few weeks to get into that. I mean, we've touched on the on Fleming already, but let, let's just talk about those two big saves that he had in the first half. The first one, the 20th minute, where he tips the ball onto the post. And then the, the one that you mentioned, Gordon. I mean, if we were given a save of the season, which I always like to do our end of season things on all both the podcasts and like save of the season and I never write down these things and I always forget come the end of the year but this has got to be right up there with it point black stop from Kieran Dolan and as you said Gordon he should have buried that that should have been in the back of the net anywhere else and that's a goal yeah uh, but I mean it almost reminded me if I don't know if you remember the 
the first Spider-Man film with Tobey Maguire and the guy like knocks the, like his lunch over and he catches it all out on the tray. That's exactly what it was like. Which was like, don't worry about it, guys. I, I, I actually put my head in my hands. I was like, go. There were so many times yesterday I was like, that's a go. And he saved them. And I'm like, I don't know how he's done that. I mean, if Man United were scouting him yesterday, I tell you one thing, he'd be coming in for the hair because... Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not. I mean, watching it on the replay again, it's not even just the reaction, but he, you know, he's, he's got the strength in his hand to push it out past the post. That it would have been so easy to get a wee hand to that and either kind of let it, still let it go in, mm. or just put it back out. Yeah, he's actually managed to get it away and past the post, uh, which is fantastic. That I one, mean, I think, was the pick of the bunch. We'll talk about Jude's move after we, we cover the game, but we, we always kind of knew he was probably going to go on. And we were, b- before it was confirmed, we were saying, oh, who's the number one? Is it going to be Fleming? Is it going to be Smith? And we all, I think, said we'd, we'd prefer Fleming in there. I mean, he showed yesterday how big a player he can be for us this season. Signed a, a contract extension already, which is good to see. And after the wobbles of last season, it's nice to have that guy in goal that you actually feel confident in. And for a defence that is also shaky and still finding its feet and it, it, it's needing to, to really bond, having him behind, having him yelling is going to do huge for them. Yeah, I think having them, you know, as a defence, having a goalkeeper that you've got that confidence in, I think is a massive, massive thing. And I think yesterday would have been a big, big... If it wasn't before... Um, like yesterday's kind of really should have kind of cemented that confidence. Uh, and I think, you know, as a fan as well, you're like, right, yeah, I'm really happy to have Fleming now, really happy that he's extended uh, his contract to us. Gordon, would, would you maybe look at making Fleming captain? Now that you know he's going to be the starting um, starter every week, I would maybe look at making that decision because his communication yesterday for 90 minutes was outstanding. And that t- communication to me is 70 to 80% of being a leader. And I think that when you've got the level of experience, sorry, our listeners, my voice is going to probably go, but the, um, the level of experience that he's got is incredible. Um, and it, it was just the entire game just communicated so well, even when we were the other end of the park, he was talking to Sam, talking to Am, talking to Mercer, talking to, to Murdo. That for me, you know, I, I don't want this to sound like I'm slagging sure Murdo because I'm not because you know I'm a hu- huge fan of Murdo but he doesn't strike me as a captain um, it, it's just a personal opinion I'll hold my hands up to, to be wrong um, I was quite happy at this, the, the pre-season games when he had the armband giving his sort of level of service to us as well and I mean obviously he's had a, an excellent career but I don't know that he's from what I could see going to be the captain that we're looking for Um and from what I have seen so far, I, I think that potentially Fleming could, could be that character. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't know what, um, you know, you don't know the kind of necessarily people's personalities or dynamics that, that you're not seeing. I think Fleming would look to have, like you say, like what 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 you kind of want in a captain. But I think it's the thing with teams as well. You kind of want multiple captains in there, if you know what I mean. You want. Yeah, you want the official one and you want the unofficial yeah. one. Yeah, you want a good handful of people who are a bit like that. So, you know, whether he's officially captain or not, I think that that's a massive positive if he's got that kind of 
that kind of influence. The the manager that the Whitecaps had before the current one, he when I spoke to him about captaincies and stuff, he was of the idea that he would prefer not to appoint a captain and basically have what you said, Gordon, just have leaders on the pitch so that everyone's responsible for doing that. But if you're going to have a captain, I'd like it to either be a goalkeeper or a centre-back because they're usually the more vocal, they're having to get things organised, but they're also seeing the whole game play out in front of them. And it gives you the chance then to say, no, you need to do this, you need to do that, or whatever. So I mean, I, I'd be all for making him captain, and we know he's going to be hanging around now as well, not just being the number one, but he's here for, for a couple of seasons, which is good. He was big in the second half as well. I mean, the, the first half, East Fife's only, or best chance... It came in the 22nd minute, Mercer's free kick, and it was the header across the goal that just eluded Denham. And that's the kind of ones that we need to be putting away. And it was, after me criticising Mercer for his free kicks last week, they seemed better yesterday. Um, I think there was only a couple, to be honest. I, I, I'm not going to give him like, super credit for that, although I did actually, Doug will stab me, but... I did actually think he had a really good game yesterday, Mercer. I thought it was one of his more comfortable um, performances. I thought it was a bit more um, calm and assured on the ball. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, the, the, the best deliveries in the entire game were from Joe Baldi. Um, Shivoni had one really that he had to deliver, and obviously we'll come to that at one point. Mm. But some of the passes from Baldi yesterday and getting the balls into dangerous positions, we have a Shepherd or a Trout in up front for those and we'll score goals um, I, I still think that we are even with the strikers that we've brought in if we have a look at um, you know the young lad from St Johnson whatever um, I still think that we're, we're light in the striker department we're a very lightweight team and we've no physical presence up top so if we've got any dangerous attacks that we want to be attacking with an aerial threat there's none of our strikers at all yeah, I like a big target man up there. We've not had height for, for quite a few seasons now. I mean, getting into the second half, the, the chances they were end to end. We had a couple over. Shivoni hit one over. Sir, Sir Alex hit one over. Uh, Albion forced a, another save out of Fleming. But then the decisive moment of the game, the match winning goal, 67th minute. You touched on it, Lee. The, the cross in from Ryan Shivoni and what a cross that was. That was absolute perfect cross. Newton in the right place at the right time to bury it as well. But, I mean, you've got to give Shivoni huge plaudits for getting that ball in. Beautiful, beautiful cross. Not, not only the cross, but to have the presence of mind to hold the ball up, to obviously take it back, touch it past the defender and find Newton, um, I thought it was really good. Um, running down the wing. Down the wing, he's going to make the five and sing Ryan Chavoni. Yeah, that's good. You even got a little bit of rah 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 in the highlights as well from Liam. Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed that actually. Yep. I texted that. I was probably as soon as I heard that, I was thinking, oh, Lee's going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming on, lads. It's coming on. But no, it was, it was really good. And I think that, that it'll probably do Chavoni's confidence some good as well because I think that he's putting a lot of effort in. Like he called his panning yesterday, to be fair to him. Um, but it's just that that final bit of quality, and he showed that yesterday. Um, it, it was it was really well played. And do you want to know what Liam Newton deserves a fair bit of credit as well? Because I don't think that's his game. You know, 
um, in terms of being in the box and trying to get on the end of the crosses, etc. But he had the sort of presence of mind to, to get into the position, and that's that's ninety percent of the battle. He did uh, from a centre midfielder or a defensive midfielder what none of the Albion over strikers could do yesterday and tap a ball in for six yards. So absolutely fair play. On. I mean, you're wondering why he was even the guy that was up there as well. It's like, where was the rest of the guys? But, I mean, he was in the right place at the right time, Gordon, and it was a, it was a good goal. Yeah, I mean, I think looking at it in the, the highlights as well, what a ball from Sir Alex mm-hmm. uh, in. I mean, I guess that's why, you know, Ferguson is a bit deeper. Shivoni's out wide. So Newton has then come in to kind of cover that. A great ball down the wing. Shivoni did very, very well because... Like looking back at the highlights, I think when you see him receive the ball, it doesn't look straight away like, oh, this is a fantastic chance. There's a lot of work to do. Um, and yeah, like Lee was saying, he kind of holds it up. He sort of, you know, he, he looks like he's going to come inside of it and then beats the man out wide. Um, and it was really good. And Newton did very, very well. Because again, Newton seemed to come from kind of nowhere when I was watching it. So I was at the games, I was watching him. Um, in the highlights, and he times that perfectly. He, he seems like he's all on his own. There's Albion Rovers defenders everywhere, and you know he he gets in a great position. Shivoni sticks it right in his head. It was a very very good goal. I don't think that Liam Newton's our most technically gifted player, right? I really don't. Um, however, what he does give you is a hundred percent heart, and he's he's obviously there playing for the jersey, and I like that about him. Um, some some pretty harsh stuff about him on on social media yesterday, but. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's fine. You know, like that. As long as you put it constructively, I, I don't mind you, you, you having your opinion on, on certain players. But I was quite pleased for him yesterday because I think that he was a, a bit. I don't know. It, it it just seemed to give him an extra bit of mileage in his tank after that happened yesterday. You could actually almost see that he lifted. You know, with confidence in him lifted, and he went on to have a really good finish to the game after it. I mean, the good thing from an East 5 point of view is they, they saw the game out and they kept the clean sheet and they came away with a win. The highlights made it look that it was basically all Albion Rovers because Fleming brought off a big save from Leslie, then Rovers had a, a couple of late chances as well. I mean, did we offer much or were we just happy to get the the three points and just sit back and defend that lead by that point? It was, it was pretty heart and mouth. You know, I think we've not had a... Um, Certainly, away game. You know, we've not had that typical game where you're, you know, you're one goal up, going into the final 10, 15 minutes, and it was a bit. You know, you you really just kind of wanted to hear that final whistle at the end. I think the highlights. You know, it's a weird one because most teams kind of overemphasize their chances and maybe don't show all the opposition chances. Mm-hmm. But I think in that highlights, we put in. You know, Albion Rovers did have some very good chances, but Fleming pulled off some big saves. So there's a lot of Albion Rovers chances in there. I almost think that our highlights almost did make it look like we were less in the game than than we were. I mean, I think, ah. yeah, there were there absolutely were. You know, the final five ten minutes, yeah, there was a bit of Albion Rovers pressure, and I think we were largely just keeping um, Stephen up front and trying to kind of you know, run them about a bit. Um, we were kind of hanging on a wee bit at the end. But I don't think, you know, we got the goal. I don't know exactly the exact minute we got the goal at, but... 67th. All right, so there's, you know... So 20, right midway minutes. through the half. But I think from that point on, I, I don't think we just sat back and, and, and said, right, we're, right, we're going for the... We're keeping the 1-0. I 
I think the game probably was quite even after that, but that that little final spell, yeah, it's kind of natural. Albion Rovers threw everything. We probably kind of sat back a little bit, and you know, as a fan watching it, you're kind of hearts in your mouth a few times. But um, no, I mean, very good, very good to hold out because there was a bit of pressure, and I think that was a a big thing for us to be able to do that. I'm probably going to like for the first time in a long time quite largely disagree with Gordon. Um, respectfully, of course, my dear friend of many years, but it's for me, there was a lot of warning signs that we've still got to be really cautious because I would probably say any other team in the league would have beat us yesterday. And it's, I'm not trying to take credit away for the team, you know, the team really dug in, but you know, we, we weren't great yesterday. And I think that if you ask Crawford to hand on heart think that, that we were the, the deserving of the two teams he would say absolutely not um, you know I don't think I mean he basically did admit that after the, yeah. the um, game so yeah they had chance after chance if we were up against an Annan with Tony Wallace or Kane Hester or you know Elliot McGain Hester or Kevin Smith for Bonnyrigg or any of these sort of teams would have been put away yesterday comfortably put away and I think that one of the things that's creeping in in terms of my concern about Crawford is I think he is almost too scared to make a change. And what I mean by that is I was watching yesterday, he took Shivoni off because Shivoni was jiggered, right? He was absolutely done. He did not make a change until like the 92nd minute after that. Now, I know that we've got a team full of really inexperienced boys on the bench. Yeah, because when I actually saw the lineup, I I looked at the subs and I was like, I don't know who a lot of these guys are. No, um, a, a lot of them are really young, right? There's no getting away from it. But if they're good enough to be on the bench, you've got to have the confidence to back yeah, them. If they're good enough, they're old enough. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that he probably needs to have a little bit more <coughs> faith in some of the boys. Um but no, then really. that said, Lee, if he brought some of them on and they made a mistake, he'd be crucified because the fans would be like, why are you bringing on a young guy to see a game out? And That's but that's my point, though. It, we were playing in like 29 degree heat yesterday, right? I mean, I'm sure there was a few boys. Now, every East Fife fan could see yesterday that Murdo was having a Western Super, right? Why not bring the boy Williamson on, move Mercer out to right back, and then you've got somebody... Um, on the left back that's, that's got a bit of legs left when we're getting you know quite a lot of attacks coming down our wings Mercer will feel more comfortable on his right hand side I'm sure um, you know you've got that option there you know Healy when we're 1-0 up why not make an attacking change and move you know maybe Liam Newton um, or I would probably said take off Ferguson putting Newton into Ferguson's position because Ferguson well due respect to him was largely anonymous yesterday um, you know, move Newton into his position, bring on Healy and just have some data, you know, even put balls out to the corner way, you could use a bit of trickery, hold the ball up, whatever. Um, I just think that at times we're almost stagnant in the way that we're approaching games. So, I mean, I'll just, I, I, don't, I don't think that, you know, in the balance of play, we, we, we deserved that win yesterday. Um I think we were lucky. Like I'll be over, I would say they're unlucky, and I totally agree. I think on that performance, we would we would likely have got beaten by a better team. And I think 
you know, Albion Rovers will look 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 at that game back and say, if we could play the game again, we should win it. I mean, the the, the there was apps. I would say there's probably a good three chances that they they absolutely should have scored. Those were sitters, and they and they missed them. Um, and yeah, we we were lucky. And yeah, I think certainly first half you're like, you know, we've kind of we've ridden it out, but you know we are we are lucky to be, to be going in level, and they're absolutely wear warning signs there. Definitely, I think um, I kind of agreed. I think at half time I was thinking along the exact same lines as you, like what we should be making this change. Um, I mean, you didn't even need to sub anyone off. I, I mean. You know, I was talking to my dad about it, and we were saying, you know, even if you moved, um, you could even move Slattery to left back, Mercer to right back, Murdoch in the middle, and then you're at least you're kind of you're protecting Murdoch for that kind of um, the guy with pace off the left. But I mean, to be fair, I thought I mean, the second half we were better. I mean, we were much better than we were in the first half. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't raise a kind of necessarily a an issue with the substitutions. I think the whole thing of, you know, if you're good enough to be on the bench, you're good enough to be on. There was, a, it was a case of there is nobody else. Mm. That, that's it. You're filling the bench with bodies that you have. Now that and you know, you're doing it in everyone. case there's an injury, and you, you yeah. don't want to be down a man. I mean, the, the White Cats did that last week. They had three guys on the bench, and the coach said afterwards, they were just there as moral support. There was very little chance that they were um, going to even have a chance to come on. I mean, the subs were walking off at half time, and honestly, they looked like school kids hanging around at lunchtime. I mean, it's we were thin. thin we're we're just getting old, is what it is. Well, it's like it, it yeah. used to be that folks say, "Oh, policemen are looking younger these days." It's now East Fife subs are are looking younger. The under twenties didn't have a good showing the night before either against Kelty so at least we know why they were all going to be on the bench the next day or the yeah. top guys the goalkeeper for these five on Friday was 14 well under 20 I think there's meant to be a lot of promise with the lad um, I think his, his surname's Miller um, you know apart that, but I mean look if you're playing under 20s football at 14 year old you've obviously got a bit of promise about you and the fact that the goalkeeper would have been on the bench first because we've not signed anybody to replace Good yet, yeah. But from what I hear, um, we're approaching senior teams to ask, you know, for a, a young lad to to back up Fleming, and being told, um, yeah, we'll give you our sixteen year old goalkeeper, but he's got to play every week. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, because he, he can play every week with all their Colt teams. That's the thing. It's like, so why would they want to get him out of playing every week with a Colt team? Whereas he's going to just sit, come and sit on the bench, so I actually understand that. I, like, I don't understand why we can't just like get on the phone to Jordan Hart, that was asked a few years ago, and be like, "Look, you don't need to train Tuesday, Thursday. It's absolutely fine as long as you're fit. Just come and sit on the bench for us on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll give you fifty quid a week to come and play on a Saturday if we need you to." Um, you know, because the, the issue now then is if Fleming gets any knock at all, we're fucked. Yes, and I mean you got to remember he's older now, isn't he? Is it thirty-six? Thirty-five, yeah. I think. That's, still, that's, that's young to me. That's young. I mean, he was he's still old enough to be his dad, Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, oh, sorry, that's probably your name. But, no, it's uh, fine because when I was 
commentating on the, the League One BC games here, the Whitecaps girls team were all 15, 16, 17 year olds. And I'd said in the commentary, in Fife, I could be their granddad. <laughs> Definitely, well, they could be their granddad. Um, but yeah, look, I, I don't want to take the shine off the result yesterday. The boys battled hard. It was a difficult game. A tough pitch to play on as well because it was it looked like the blaze at Glenorthis mm-hmm. High School, um, almost that sort of ash like surface. You know, there's clearly not been any sprinklers on that pitch to um, make it a, a good game to get the ball on the deck. So the, the boys battled really hard. Um, I tell you who I did bump into at the game yesterday though was um, Rabin Omar. Um, ah. He was standing next to me, um, and he played a few pre-season friendly games for us mm-hmm. I was like oh like have you signed for anybody yet and he was like no he's like I'm actually waiting on an operation um, uh, on my hip he was like um, I was like I'm going to sign he's like I want to play for these five that was his exact words I was like I like that he said I wanted to come in January he was like but Crodders didn't have any budget to, to bring me in um, so yeah said he wanted to sign um, he was like so um, and he used to play with Greg at Annan so he was like, ah. I, I want to play for East Fife. He was like, and I would have signed, but I didn't want to take a wage out of the club um, until I'd had my surgery. So basically, he's like... Well, wow, I really like that attitude. He's yeah. already like high up in my picking order of favourite players. By the way, what a nice kid he was. A really nice guy. Um, he's basically waiting on... He's like, he's going to get keyhole surgery. If it can be done keyhole, he'll be out for four weeks. But if he needs an actual op, they're going to have to take his hip out. And he was like, I'll probably be like nine months. He was like, but he's like, I'm itching to play. He's like, I'm kicking every ball today. Um, And I was like, oh, like, who have you liked from what you've seen? And all he would rave about was broken walls. Um, He was just like, what a player he's going to be. Um, Like talking to him, Craw mentioned afterwards in the post-game thing that he's had a swelling after his knock last week. And they think he could be out for around four weeks still depending yeah. on how good or bad the swelling copes with, with everything. Yeah. Um, he's been really, he's probably been our best player so far this season, Roman Walls, in pre-season and in the first couple of games. Um, apparently, I've heard that there's a few clubs sniffing around him already, but what we've done is some wow. good business and tied him down to a, a contract extension early on. So I think he signed for two or three years. Um, so again, you know, I think that... Our, I'm understanding what the club's philosophy is going to be going forward, you know, get a couple of gems, make 20, 30, 40k like we've done with Jude. And it's, you know, it's a good pathway and younger players will want to come to us because they're going to get the exposure. Yeah, and you get sell-on clauses and and everything like that. But back-to-back away wins now. And the Elgin game, I look at that as a a clean sheet because we only let one goal in. And for East Fife, that's equivalent of a clean sheet. So yesterday's actually an ultra clean sheet. Super clean sheet. It, it's it's one of those special ones that, that we can tick off. And if we get to the three two ones now, I mean, I only watched the highlights, so I won't do it. But clearly, Fleming's going to get three points, I, I would imagine. You can't give it to anyone else. <laughs> like, I, I think I made a joke on our social media, like, Fleming could have stopped time and save Private Man <laughs> and save the Titanic. Um, you know, there's there's literally, you know, he is the sole reason we walked away with three points yesterday. And if any fan listening to this tries to tell me that any other player deserves it, then, you know, I'll be driving you to Stratton myself. So three points. So, I mean, if he could have done all those things, why didn't he? 
I mean, he's got those deaths on his hands now. Well, he's got everything else on his hand as well. Oh. So, um, he's probably got too much on his hands. But, they, yeah, three points. I mean, the, the one thing I did like about it yesterday was the fans were so good with the team yesterday. Yeah, it looked a decent support. The, the crowd was 253. And oh. it seemed a big... But yeah, I was surprised at that I, as well. I, I was looking around going like, oh, it's like a decent crowd for Cliffin Hill. Like you, I've seen much less people. A decent Rovers crowd as well. Rygart Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> I had to write that down because I was never going to remember it. When did they put the terrace in behind the goal? It looked that good. Adds, that adds yeah. to it. Yeah, oh yeah. A couple of years ago, maybe. Yeah. Are the pies any better? Because they were rank... I enjoyed mine. Oh, they were so greasy years ago. I'm I'm obviously going back like 15 plus years. No, staunch well, pie. A good 7 um, out of 10 pie. Somebody, somebody, as well, yeah. good. Something that I always associate with Albion over is like it was that hot yesterday. It had got a bovril at the start and then at half time I was like, no, I just need like juice. And uh, something I always like, stood out to me is Albion Rovers, there was always Cap Three Suns. The juice was always Cap Three Suns, but Apparently they're gone. It was just a. Just no, they had Cadbury fans. Oh, did they? They had them oh, as well. Yeah. Lee, Lee bought them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to in that heat. Although I used to like it. I can't remember. I think it was cowden beef. And if you got a Capri Sun, it was actually Capri Sauna. Um, because obviously, oh. like Aldi or Lidl or something like that. So they bought the cheap versions. But yeah. Anyway. I like the, the little plasticky cups. They were like Sweetie. clear. And you just put your thin straw in the top. Oh, I threw the through the top of them. Yeah, yeah. you the, always get that with your chippy as a kid. The the when Saturday comes podcast. I don't know if you guys ever listened to it. They've got a thing at the moment where they're doing a football museum, and you can get to put in a game, a player, uh, or a, a food item. I like that. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, I would pick for my food item one of those little cups because it just takes me back to them just yeah. having that at, at the football. Uh, we can maybe do that in our later show. We'll just nick their idea. So let, let's get your two and a one, Lee, and then we'll get Gordon's. Two point Jao Baldi. Um, it'd be really hard lines to to not give him that. Um, I thought he had a really good performance yesterday. He put in no fewer than four or five really good balls into the box. Um, one where Shep, um, Shepard actually, sorry, Shivoni tripped over it. Um, and the ball was going straight into his feet a um, couple of really good crosses in yesterday I'm really excited about him I think he'll be excellent for us this year I just hope that it's not Jack Hamilton 2.0 when he gets recalled for us in January but... <coughs> That's always so, the danger with these guys though Yeah, um, so two points to him and I've really toiled with my one point um, because there's a few um, so I'm going to give an honourable mention to Scott Mercer. Oh, I thought you were going to give him the point. No, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. As much as I, I, I would genuinely be tempted to, um, and he was deserving a point yesterday, I'm going to give it to Shivoni. Um I think that although he was a bit unlucky with tripping over the ball and etc, etc, I think the one thing that I like about him is he never gives up. There's, there's determination about him. Good cross from the goal. Um, I think I prefer him out wide. And Claus trying to make him a centre forward, um, and I don't think he's a centre forward. I don't think he's maybe got the composure for it. Um, I think definitely um, play him out wide, and we'll we'll get some good results, and it'll fit in timely with my songs. 
What about you, Gordon? You're three, two, one. Uh, three and two is exactly the same, and I don't think I don't think anyone watching the game will. I think you'll get complete agreement. Three points, Alan Fleming, just Superman type performance. Uh, no doubt about that. Two, Gialbaldi. Thought he was fantastic. Um, just his ability on the ball. Um, his kind of willingness to kind of drive the team on, take men on, um, and some of his passing was fantastic. I mean, the two. I think particularly the two chances uh, that he set up for for Schiavone, um were really, really top drawer. Um and I agree. I think he's he's gonna be a bit of a player. Um really did struggle with the one. I think there was a lot of players, you know, definitely behind those two, but a lot of players who you know similar type of performances, kinda solid, you know, deserving of a bit of mention. Um kind of Schiavone was definitely in there. I was a bit torn uh, between him and Aaron Steele. So I'll give it. I'll give it to Steele. They can share the point. I thought he was really solid. Uh, won a few important headers, um, and yeah, just just good. I had a look at the the stats on the BBC site. It had Albion Rovers had thirteen shots, six on target. East Fife had nine, just two on target. Another site though had Rovers with seventeen, and us I think with thirteen, and a couple more on target, but. Getting the the shots on target is going to be key, obviously, it goes without saying, and we might be welcoming back Scott Shepard for the the game next week. Craw mentioned afterwards it was a concussion in the end, so they followed concussion protocols. If it's like the, the protocols here, it's five days and then you do like training without a ball and etc, etc. So I don't know what it's like in Scotland, but they think he'll be training at Tuesday and Thursday next week and should be in the mix for next Saturday against Forfar. So that would be good. Troughton was keen to play yesterday, but they felt it was just, he's close, but he maybe just wasn't, he hadn't done the high intensity training that was going to get his fitness levels up to what they felt they were going to need. But it sounds promising that the two of them are, at least are close now. Yeah, I think, look, every Fife fan is licking their lips at the prospect of Philly Fit Trouton. You know, I know I am. He's got goals everywhere he's went. He's a very good player, and we've seen glimpses of that in pre-season. And equally, I think he'll be looking at the likes of Baldy, thinking I'll be able to get some service from him and score some goals. I mean, there's look, there's been some pretty, like, wild shouts. People having a go about and you know, permafrost, whatever, whatever. Right, I get, I get that actually because that's how it looks just now, and them also saying, "Why do we let Kev Smith go to let uh, bring Trouton in?" I think to answer that question, from from my perspective anyway, and look, we all know how much I love Kev, right? I've got a good, really good relationship with him. He's a top boy. He started five games in a row for um, Bonnie Rig. I don't think he started five games in a row in us for two years. Right. He scored five goals. I don't think he scored five goals for us in two years. You know, it is the player <coughs> that we know Kev could be. You know, is isn't what we'd seen in the last couple of years. And I'd imagine he would probably have been on a decent wage. Um, yeah. Like I love Kev. I can understand probably why Crow maybe moved them on in terms of he probably want to get his own boys in as well. Um, I, did, do I totally agree with the decision to let Kev go? Absolutely not. But can I understand why Crawford has done it? Yes, I can. Yeah. And, um, but let's also, as long as Kev's man. there, folk like us, if Craw goes through a bad time, it's like, oh, you could get Craw to take over as manager and stuff. So, uh, 
you've removed yeah. him now. Yeah, um, <laughs> so I, I, to- I totally get it. Um, you know, like I say, I, I, I'm not going to say I totally agree with it, but I can understand the, the reasoning behind it. And look, let's let's not write off Trouton yet. He's, he's, he's got a completely separate injury to the yeah. one that he had last year. You know, tendonitis is something that, that's obviously flared up. I reckon we get a cut of runner, um, good results in, in some, some games for him. We'll see some goals. So the win yesterday moved East Fife up to third in the table. Dumbarton lead the way in nine, Bonnie Riggs second on seven, then us all alone in third on sixth. Bottom three, Annan, Elgin, Albion Rovers, so all the vowels down the bottom. I definitely think there is something in this this year. Uh, the results yesterday, Stirling Albion beat Steny 3 0. I've been surprised. I thought Steny would be a, a little bit stronger than they are. Next week's opponents, 4 for an Elgin, drew 2 all. Stranraer drew 2 all with Bonnie Rigg. All three of those games had at least one player sent off in them. And Dumbarton hammered Annan 4 0 and certainly look like they are going to be the, the team to, to beat the, this season. 4 for next week. Elgin took the lead in, in that one in the fifth minute, then Forfer tied it up before half time from the spot. Elgin then went ahead in the 67th minute from the spot as well before Forfer salvaged a point with eight minutes to go. Elgin were playing with 10 men from the 38th minute from the penalty incident, and then they finished the, the game with nine men. But I mean, that should give us a bit of hope. Four for struggle to to break down a ten man team and actually lost a goal to them at one point as well. Yeah, I yeah. think four for like I tipped four for this season to have a, a good one, but they're they're toiling, um, they're toiling big time. I fancy it next week. Um, you know, if we've got Shepherd back, um, you know, there's there's rumours a couple of players incoming this week that I think that if obviously it's just terrace chat, but if the it's true that the players that we're looking to bring in then. You know, they, they both improve our squad and that would fancy us next week. Yeah. I was reading a bit on uh, Pye and Bovro and I think that the general thing seemed to be that Forfa were absolutely all over Elgin, but they're making mistakes at the back. They're letting in poor goals. And, you know, at least I think next, next week should be kind of there to go for, probably for either team, to be honest. I think you can look at us and say, I mean, with both three games, both scored four, conceded four, you know, there's probably a bit of, bit of kind of softness there in either team. Um, could could be a good game. It could be a, you know, I, I wouldn't really be surprised if at any result from that one, really. I, I fancy a win. I th- I'm going to go with 2-1 for East Fife, especially if we can get Shepard involved, even off the bench. I think that that's going to be, be huge for us. Getting points on the board early is what it's all about as well, especially if you've got a young team and injuries can come and you have to rely on these young guys. But I fancy us next week. Looking forward to seeing the team in the flesh as well. Looking forward to seeing you guys in the flesh. Yep, I can't wait to show you some flesh, Michael, to be honest. Um, and given the fact that you've had countless things sent to my house, looking to clear some some space up in some East Five kits that I've got to hand over to you, badges, stickers... I don't, I don't even know what's there. <laughs> <laughs> you've had stuff like, oh, I'm going to come over this Christmas, so I'll just get this oh. into your house. So, yeah, you've got some, um, oh, you want some space in your case. Well, I'm going to replace it with the Oreo cookies that I'm bringing over for you. Oh, you legend. I've only, I'm only bringing you three because I thought, I've got to oh, think of your yeah. health as well. 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, I could die by then, given this lung. That I'm, I'm sort of copping along just now, but I'll be grateful for whatever you bring, Michael. And um, looking forward to, like I say, seeing you. Um, I'm actually really disappointed we've not got a gig booked in because um, that was our staple for a, ah, a I'm going to the Connect time. Festival on the 28th, the day before I fly home, because Mogwai and Idlewild are playing at it. So. Oh, nice. You'll be in your element and yeah. getting some legs over here. Um, but the, the other thing that I was going to say that we've not picked up on, but I, I found is absolutely hilarious. Did I see that John Gemmell played for Dumbarton yesterday? Yeah. No. Apparently yeah. set up a goal as well. Yeah, apparently played really well. Um, he must be 40. Okay, look uh, that because I was thinking, is that the same oh, John Gemmell I'm thinking yeah. of? I bet he's younger than you think he is. But he'll be a, he'll be a decent age. Um, what a player he was back in the day. I, I would guess 38. Oh, close 37. Oh, I mean, the, the guy was the definition of a pricks prick, wasn't he? <laughs> the, I mean, he's been playing. The, his last clubs are Hurlford, Arthur Lee, Canvas Lang Rangers, Troon, and then back to Canvas Lang Rangers. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, it, it, I hated him, but I'd have loved us to assign them. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, that is exactly that type of play. I remember a, a certain director on our board giving him at pelters every single time that we played him, giving him the hammer thrower gestures. If, 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 every time we go to Clifton Hill, I remember uh, that that same person. Uh, Gremmel got sent off, and he ran over to the you know how they walk. It was like yeah. a wee walkway there. Ran over, giving Gemmo absolute pelters. Pelter was, uh, pelters. Gemmo was losing it, like yeah. almost kicking, hitting, 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 hitting the railings. I was like, Jesus Christ, <coughs> that was hilarious. So. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, there was no love lost between them, and it's really funny to think about it now. But another um, memory that I have of Clifton Hill that I was thinking about yesterday, and if I say Nino, Nino, can any of you think of who I'm talking about? We used no. to chant his name. That's what we used to chant every time we got the ball. Nino, Nino. Sean Poliska. Oh, Sean yes. Oh, where they scored like four goals or something like that. Yeah, yeah beat them 6-0 in a midweek game. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm I didn't go to that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, one of the games where I was like, oh, I'm going to give this one a miss, and you're sitting there watching the scores come yeah. up. But, I always that? regret not going to a midweek game in Stranraer when Ray Charles scored. I'd oh. been every other game that season, but it's like, I'm not going to Stranraer midweek. And then it's like, Ray Charles scores. Seventies five fans there, I think, to see it. Yeah, uh, that, that was one of the, that one and the Gretna one, um, where we came back. Oh, the 3 2. Oh. Yeah, where you there when we won 3 2. And another director had an interesting moment at that game as well, was on the pitch. Yes, um, yeah. There's definitely um, had some some good memories on the the roads. Certainly, yeah. the away roads. Near Let us know actually if there's any games East Fife or otherwise that you you decide to skip and then it turned out to be absolute classics and you really regret it. Let us know those. I like to hear yeah. those on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold or Glory Days of Gold at Gmail dot com. I could tell you mine was the Aberdeen game on pens. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you'd mentioned that before. Uh, that's uh, honestly it sticks in my craw because uh, the the wife like she came home from work and I was like well we go and she was like yeah yeah that's fine like she was going to come up to it 
and I literally were like, I wait to leave, and I was like, you want to know what? Like, I don't think I could face like a four hour round trip to watch us get pumped and then listening to it on the radio, like absolutely <laughs> spewing because I'd been there when they beat us like five or six nil the, the season or two before that. Raging. Last couple of things, and then we'll just wrap this show up. I want to talk about our new addition and then our departure as well. So 17-year-old Taylor Stephen is coming from St Johnston B, scored for St Johnston B against Fraserburgh this week in the Cup. So obviously we've thought, he's dangerous, let's get him in. Or they'll be cup-tied for us now, he won't be able to play for us against St Johnston B. But anyway, he's made that appearance, scored, made two appearances in the Premier Sports Cup as well for St Johnston. Spent the second half of last season at Civil Service Strollers. Seems to have impressed everyone. Seems to be a really good prospect. It's another young forward, but a, a good option off the bench. Yeah, I thought he, I mean, he came on um, yesterday and thought he did all right. You know, um, it's not like, you know, it was that bit of the game where we were kind of sitting back a bit and we were just really looking for someone to kind of, I suppose, occupy their defence and keep, keep them a little bit stretched and not kind of hem us in but I thought he looked looked quite good I thought he looked a decent player um, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets a wee bit more time gets a start at some point Yeah, one of the things that I'd read was um, that, that Crawford had actually been chasing him all summer he was a player that he really wanted to bring in so it's not like we've just been offered them Yeah um, You know, he, he actually really wanted to get him and I was reading I actually had the article pinned and it was an article where Callum Davidson talking about him um, and what a good player he thinks he is um, and that he, he felt that he needed a lower league loan um, to make the next step in the ladder to get into the first team. So he's obviously rated really, really highly by St. Johnson. Um, I'm not, I've not seen enough of him to make a decision yet. Mm. My only concern is he was a bit lightweight, but that's the majority of our front line anyway, or the entire team, to be honest. Get him in the gym, get the weights going. Just do montage. Do, um, yeah, exactly. Train and montage. Um, Give him the Lee Gillis diet. Well, there's going to be three boxes of audios coming over, so <laughs> <laughs> I can share him a couple. So, um, you nearly got a fourth. I wasn't sure if you'd like carrot cake or not. Yes. Oh, damn. Sure, I got you that yesterday. It's yes, too late now. I'm not going back out. For sake, Mike. Um, <laughs> but no, um, definitely... He should take in a, a leaf out of Jude Smith's book, who came back from pre-season looking like he'd just been taking roids. He absolutely filled out. So, yeah, maybe just get onto that sort of routine. Well, I mean, if he has a good season as well, there's a, like if he does make an impact, there's a chance he would be recalled in, in January. That's just how it's going to work. But let, let's finish with the good news story. Jude Smith. Hey, Jude, you didn't make it bad. You take sad songs and make them better. Remember to let us into your heart, then you can start to make it better down in Newcastle. We've got the sidey money rolling in. I heard it was 25 million that we've got for him. Sorry, 1,000 that we've got for him. Yeah. I had a few extra O's in there. But it's a great move for the, the kid. The deals haven't, the terms haven't been released, but you've got to imagine there's like appearances built into that and sell-on clauses and everything like that. Hopefully, because that is how it should be. But it's a great opportunity for him. Wish him all the very best and we'll yeah. keep keep a close eye on him. 
Yeah, like I, I was actually saying that because I think I mentioned the show last week. His dad was sat across from mm. um, my dad and Doug and I when we were having a, a beer at the ground last week, and he was pretty much saying um, exactly that. You know that, he's, but also that he really enjoyed his time here and that you know the club was quite special to him because he, he felt like nobody else was going to give him a chance. Um, and obviously we we brought him in, given him a chance, and he secured an, an unbelievable move. His dad was confident that um, we would have some some selling um, and appearance fees. Um, I mean, if we haven't got that in the contract, we are like absolutely nuts. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm like taking it for granted that it's a, an it's automatic like thing. Standard for young players, I think. So even if the fee isn't massive, you know, there'll be a there'll be a decent kind of something like that built into it. Because they're taking a punt on him and. Yeah. I'd read a, a book a few years ago by a guy called Michael Calvin and it was talking about scouting and how many, like less than 1% of top academies their players go on to make it in the game. At his age, you don't know if he's going to do it or not. I've seen so many young guys come through the academy here and then it gets to the adult game and they just haven't got it. They just can't go up that level. They've lit it up in the youth ranks. So we wish them all the very best. That's pretty much it for the show. It's a nice short one this week. Any final thoughts from you, Gordon? Anything funny that you've seen this week? or? Um, well, I mean, one one thing that's funny is if anyone hasn't seen it, um, if you're on Pine Bovril, go on the League One forum. There's a thread. It's like uh, John Potter and Peter Grant's relegation update. Sort of thing. A Dunfermline fan is um, he's put like Peter Grant's instead instead of sort of keeping an eye on the top of the league and who's doing well, he's keeping an eye on the bottom of the league and cause, you know, he's, he's the expert in relegation. Very very funny. You should give it a read. And if you don't like Kelty, then it'll be particularly funny. Which follows me on nicely to my let's all laugh at him. Let's all laugh at Kelty. Um, you know, I'm, there's there's a few things that I've I've, I've found hilarious over the weekend. Um, Kelty getting pumped yet again just warms my testes. Um, I can't actually begin to tell you how much absolute pleasure I'm taking from that. It's because they're missing Fash with he's out injured. There'll be a different team. Yesterday. Oh, but remember, one man doesn't make a team. One swallow doesn't nope. make a summer if Doug was on. And to complete your glory days of gold in Uendo Bingo. Um, there's, yeah, so I'm laughing a lot at that, to be honest. Um, own goal, uh, open goal, Broomhill FC um, getting beat today by the uh, Sterling Uni or Heriot Watt Uni or whoever it was, 4-0, um, which, you know, as we all know, my love for Simon Ferry. Um, I'm taking absolute great pleasure in watching that vanity project get smashed to smithereens on a week-by-week basis. And towards the, the lower end of that table, Cowden Beef scraping a draw against Albiti Star. Um, are, are they in relegation trouble? I think they might be in relegation trouble. I really do. I'm going to get the table up. I haven't. I, I keep <laughs> forgetting to look at the Lowland League results. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's three. Um, let's all laugh at from a, a Gillis perspective, and um, taking absolute mountains of pleasure from that. Um, and the lesson here is, no matter how good or bad your team is doing. Like there's always the misfortune of others to make you happy. So yeah, that's the Scottish way. I mean, that's that, it. I, that's that's what I. I mean, Cowden Beath are second bottom, two points minus seven goal difference. 
one point ahead of Dalbiti Star, who have a game in hand. Moist. <laughs> open goal, Broomhill are mid-table, they're 10th, but they're only six points off the, the top. East Kilbride, Bowness United sitting at the top. University of Stirling are fourth. Imagine if they got in the, oh, in the Scottish no. League. Uh, University of Stirling versus Stirling Albion Derby. Well, they could pass Stirling Albion on the way up. That would be good. Oh, now you mentioned the open goal Broomhill vanity project. I still hope we can have the glory days of gold FC that somehow gets into the East of Scotland League or something, or we could buy over. I like who Look could be buying over? In there, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll buy Thornton Hibs and make them wear black and gold. Ah, I don't mind that. Gala um, Fairy Dean. Yeah. Well, that's probably as close as we'll get to the, the G-Dog initials, but Gordon's sitting there in a nice wee flat in Edinburgh. He must be minted, so we'll use his money. I'll just sit, sit, around, sit around for a couple of years and watch the watch the value go up. I'll either, I'll either invest in a football team or Airbnb it. <laughs> or there'll be a huge recession and your, your value will go through the floor. I'll just be watching them. That's what I'm waiting for. I'll, I'll swoop in and, and buy up all the houses cheap. <laughs> Rent them out during festival time, make my money. Absolutely, mate. Genius. Yeah. That but that is it for, for the show. You can give us a follow on Glory Days of Gold at Twitter. You know that already. And get in touch with us if you want. Glory Days of Gold at gmail.com. We'll be back next week, hopefully hopefully talking about uh, a home win as well. Uh, until then, as always, thanks for listening. Enjoy the weather, because I've looked, it looks like the rain is coming back, which I don't mind. I don't like the heat. It would be weird to be over there, and it's actually hot, especially because I usually come over in December and January, so this is really weird. I've had to pack summer clothes. Don't understand this. But we will be back soon. Thanks for listening, as always. Take care, and mon the fife! Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I've made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and you had have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more